When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Hey there. Welcome back to the Winning Plays Podcast with Brian Robb and Michael Pina. I am Rich Levine. We're coming to you on the Thursday after All-Star break. Pina spent the weekend in Chicago, so we'll get a few All-Star stories from there. Celtics kick off the second half of their season on Friday night against the Wolves. B-Rob has five big questions for the second half. Uh, We're going to get to all that. But first, as always, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. Follow us on Twitter. That is at WinningPlaysPod. Shout out to CLNS Media. Shout out to BetOnline.ag. And uh, to get things started, uh, Michael Pina, other than your questionable job uh, judging the slam dunk contest, uh, give me your best story from Chicago. Pat Connaughton robbed. No. (laughs) Um, Yeah, uh, Chicago was fun. Um, Warm? Your best story. I don't have any. I don't have a best story. I'm sorry. There was no. There was no moment there. Like, holy shit! I'm at an all star game. This is cool. Or like, nothing no. that you texted your friends back I'm an home. Adult. I'm an adult, Rich. Come You're on. fully jaded. You can't. You can't enjoy. Okay, fine. Um, Tell us about how cold it was. No, it was cool. It was. It was very cold. Uh, I don't want to be the cranky media person who complains about it, but it was really cold. <laughs> I just gotta say, zero degrees. Um, but no, it was cool. Um, you gained some weight, we heard. Yeah, I did gain a lot of weight eating several uh, personal and one not personal size deep dish pizza. Um, <laughs> that was going to be my you, question. Were they labeled as personal? You just ate the whole thing by yourself yeah, you, and called I mean, it personal. Yeah, when it's like whatever, 12 inches or whatever. I mean, it's it's very, it took me longer than an hour to finish, but it was totally worth it. When you're, when you're in Chicago, uh, you just have to do deep dish for every meal. That's my rule. Did you bump into uh, Tatum or Kemba at all while you're out there? No, but I was I was at uh, the the post game presser for uh, uh, for Kemba who sat next to Giannis after the All Star game, and I, I I like audibly chuckled pretty loud enough that the people in front of me had to turn around when Kemba said that he was on a minutes restriction. <laughs> <laughs> I asked Brad Stevens about this at practice on Wednesday night. Because that fourth quarter, Mike, it was like 16 minutes long. It was so funny. So I think he played like 40 minutes in that game, I think. Yeah. And uh, I mean, there was no commercial breaks. So the I think the breaks between, you know, when there were timeouts and stoppages was, I, I can't, I don't know, but they seemed shorter than in a typical game. So he's just like, and he said it deadpan with a straight face, like he was legit pissed off. And there was some speculation that people... Uh, on the team were a little upset at uh, Jimmy Butler for being like, I don't want to play <laughs> for the second year in a row. Um, 
he played a little bit, but uh, there was some there were rumors that he was like, I'm tapping out. I don't want to do this. Um, Meanwhile, Giannis played over his uh, season average in minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Yeah. So no, but it was it was great. Uh, every t- I, I'm a huge dunk contest fan, and seeing it in person is always incredible. And um, the Aaron Gordon dunk over Taco Fall, which we can spend ten seconds talking about, uh, it was like the most shocking thing that I've ever like. The, there was like the oxygen in the room got whooshed out <laughs> when everyone realized that Aaron Gordon actually lost. It was pretty. It was crazy in the moment. It was. I don't know how it played on television. I thought. I thought the dunk off the Fultz bounce was even better. To be honest, that was the best was, dunk of the night. That was my yeah. favorite dunk of the night by far. And yeah. and putting someone like Fultz in charge of that. I mean, I, like he he almost messed it up both times. And he even, did mess it up. He butchered right. the first one. <laughs> right, but he, and even the second was a, was a horrible pass. That that in its own that should have been a sixty. But you that increases the degree of dif- difficulty bringing him in. Yeah, wearing I his agree sweatshirt 100%. and hat. That's what everyone was joking about on Media Row, too. So, good night about you. Show some good trust in him, though. It's a good yeah. teammate. Yeah. But, no, I mean, it was fun. Um, it's cool to see Tatum play in an All-Star game. That's kind of, like, what we all thought could happen uh, when he was a rookie at some point. So, seeing that take place, I mean, he didn't play a ton. and um, I mean, his stat line was pretty whatever, but he had a couple interesting passes to Simmons that I thought were pretty good. Uh, that one over the head pass was fantastic. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, and he he tried an off the dribble three, which was nice to see. Um, but yeah, it was uh, all stars always just you know it's kind of a blur. You just you know you're walking through your hotel lobby and you see Greg Oden or you see Dikembe Mutombo or George Gervin or whoever. It's just it's crazy. It's a crazy experience. Do you talk to any of those guys? Or you just kind of, kind of look up as they walk by. No, it was. I was with my wife, and she was, you know, oblivious to who they were. I didn't. Wouldn't. I, I mean, I wouldn't even if she wasn't there. Go up to them because I have nothing to say. That but. would be a good in, though. Introduce your wife to them. <laughs> yeah, you're these people I don't know. Um, I thought that, I loved the green ball in the three point contest. By the way, great the addition. Mountain, Mountain Dew Zone. I don't love that it's called the Mountain Dew Zone, but I love the fact that there's a new 30 foot uh, shot in the middle. It did act. It it did add drama to the to the event. I will say for sure. All right, <laughs> I think that wraps up All Star. I mean, it's almost a week almost a week late, but but we got it in. Yeah, B Rob, you want to cool. take us into the uh, back to Celtics world? So the th- number three right now. I mean, I guess we'll get to the seating at some point in these five questions. You just want to take it from the top. Yeah, let's go for the top. I think uh, starting, you know, I kind of do this every year just uh, on Boston Sports Journal, just look at the state of affairs of the Southern Star and five, you know, crucial questions for the second half of the season, which I mean, it's not even the second half of the season. It's whatever, it's like 20, 28 games here. But uh, number one on the list is what can Robert Williams give the Celtics? And to kind of preface it with where, He's at right now. He went through his first practice on Wednesday evening uh, since his hip injury uh, with the team and got some pretty good reviews. Brad Stevens said he looked good. Jalen Brown said he was making ridiculous plays already. Uh, He's out for the next two weeks. They're going to just kind of ramp him up and see how he responds with one more skin on that hip. Um, But... Yeah, my question for you guys here, what 
what can he realistically give the Celtics a team that clearly has found its groove without him, but there's no question he adds uh, an intriguing element to the to the fold. I think the the best part from his perspective is there's really no pressure to come back and fill a certain minute allotment and uh, you know uh, fill a role that maybe he isn't prepared for. So I mean, Tice has been terrific in a lot of ways. Um, one of the pleasant surprises of the season, I think, for the Celtics and even maybe league wide is how well he's played. Uh, Cantor has. I knew it. I knew it the whole way. You I, did. I no, you did. No. You did. How's Jonas? I don't <laughs> know where Jonas well. Jarebko is right now, but um, <laughs> <laughs> one for two on international. My um, European love affair. Continues. Yes. By the way, well, let's just say Jonas Jarebko is pretty good. He had a pretty good career. That's not. A, I don't think that's a. That's a. That's a loss for you, Bureau. I no, think, thanks, I, I literally that was a, a sincere question. I don't know where he is right now, um, but <laughs> he's he's coaching some like video game teams, I think, or something. He owns one of those teams. Jonas, come on, winning plays. Um, but no, I I you know you throw in Enes Cantor and the role that he has played when healthy, and you throw in um, even Grant Williams, who has spent time at the five a little bit and 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 played really well and been really smart for a rookie. So there's I mean there's no like there's no pressure on him to come in, and I don't I honestly don't know what they they need from him i mean if he was this uh you know i just don't think he can he can give you what he would theoretically be able to give if he was healthy this whole season if that makes any sense like uh a legitimate rim protector just someone who is a freak athlete above the rim someone who could catch lobs on a pick and roll um i mean he can probably do that stuff but i just don't know in what lineups it's even worth plugging him into and what minutes he would get over the five that are over the centers that are already in the rotation. Yeah, first of all, uh, Drebko is playing in Russia right mm. now. Mm. Um, I keep trying to find some current stats for him, but what's his NBA buyout like deal? What's the <laughs> don't don't even have that. I'm just trying to get points per game at this point. <laughs> but um, Robert Williams. So what what I'd say about that is that it's funny because you you felt like he was making a bit of an impact before he went down, but you look now and he was averaging 14 minutes a game. 3.9 points, 4.6 rebounds, a little over a block. So like, he wasn't a huge part of the attack, but he still made an impact. And I think that's where, if he does come back, that's where you'll see it. It'll be a game where like, maybe it's against, it could be anyone. It could be a, a, a bad team that the Celtics just didn't come to play against or a, a good team that they're just, that's getting the better of them at a certain night. He's a guy that you, you, you go to, you hope he gives you a little bit of burst, a little bit of something that can change the game. And if and if he doesn't, you can just put him back on the bench and it's not a big deal. You have plenty of other guys uh, you can roll with, as we've seen the last couple of weeks. But he's sort of a wild card that, that Brad's going to have in his bag coming off the bench that could just change the change the course of a game. And again, if and, and it's you don't have much to, to risk. You're not, you know, you take him right out if it's an issue. But he, he, can, he can ignite a, a run, that's for sure. He can change the game in, in little spurts. Yeah, I think you nailed it, Rich, by just saying it's a wild card. Any any additional option for Brad Stevens to have here um, in this big man rotation is a good thing for the playoffs, given the, the vast array of teams the Seas could face up with. One encouraging thing, uh, we talked to Rob yesterday at practice and just in terms of what he's been working on in the last two or three months, and he said, quote, you know, 
gambles, steals, knowing when to stay down, when to play my man, when to go for blocks. That's a big part of my game that I've been working on. And I think that is because that's the most crucial thing here, especially in the postseason. Like, he is incredibly exciting. The front office guys, I've, people I've talked to are just, they're incredibly excited about his potential, but his consistency is not there yet. He was out of position way too much at times. Um, he gambled too much at blocks at times. And that's for a team that's really good, like the Celtics, Mike. You can't do that, especially in the postseason. So if he comes back and shows just more discipline there, then you're looking at, okay, you can, you know, throw him out off the bench in a postseason game and be able to, you know, see what he can give you. But if he if he's not showing that, then I think it's just going to be probably emergency depth for the postseason or anything else. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with all that. Um, I mean, it's, it is always just good to be healthy as a team and, uh, you know, have a guy who, if Tice gets into foul trouble or if Cantor gets hurt again or whatever, you can slide him in and add a different dimension. So it is, it's just, it's beneficial to have him healthy versus not healthy. That's my, that's why I get paid the big bucks. <laughs> <laughs> was there, was there a silver lining though, Rich, in the sense, I mean, you obviously, you want everyone healthy, but this did allow like Tice to really take a hold of that center spot and like get the 25 to 30 minutes and be, and really show what he could do consistently there and that he wasn't really getting those 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 chances as much when we had like a three-headed monster here at center yeah in the year. i mean it go both ways right if somehow like tice wears down you'd be like oh shit those, those extra minutes would have been nice to have time lord eating those up but uh but yeah but right now it, it has you know it certainly uh it seems allowed tice to, en- to enter an uh, an extra level of rhythm of confidence you know, not only for himself, but like from his teammates. You know, what I mean, he just looks—he looks like he's part of that unit now. You know, and, and maybe that is just a matter of the consistency and the numbers. But yeah, and, and maybe it was good for 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 Williams to take a step back. And it's funny, like when there's a guy like him, where clearly his—I don't want to say biggest issue—but he needs the game to slow down a little bit, right? And that's what he's talking about in terms of uh, knowing when to go for a block as opposed to just going every single time. But you know, maybe taking a step back and watching on film is what he can. You know, maybe he can use that to get to to yet another level because we did see, you know, a lot of improvements this year before he went down. Sometimes you want to be out there, and, and that's what's going to make him better—just the reps and the the on court action. But you know, we'll, we'll see. It it seems like for all the questions that that began with, with him, whether it's you know missing the missing the meetings and and all of that, he he seems to have really fallen in line with what the Celtics are trying to do, and uh, you know, this latest injury is no exception. I just want to quickly add, I, I do think there is value just when you look at his body and his athleticism and his length, like in a, in a playoff series, potentially against either the Bucks or the Raptors, which could be a second round matchup, um, you know, having someone like that to throw on someone like Pascal Siakam or for a brief spurt throw on or at least to be a help defender for someone like Giannis is is valuable, and he does bring elements to the game that Tyson definitely can't or cannot. No, for sure. Like, the gravity, his rim running, like, if you have four shooters on the floor around him, you have to account for him. And, like, that's... I think it was the game against the Spurs, you know, the game that Hayward got hurt. He was just absurd in that game with the, you know, blocking guys, taking threes, you know, running the fast break. Just that was... 
you saw there are clearly times where it's kind of come all together for him this year, obviously in, in limited sample sizes. But if he can bring that and just, you know, serve a role around, you know, three or four really good offensive players. And like you said, Mike, have the versatility to guard someone like Siakam or, you know, anyone on the perimeter uh, th- that is big that can shoot. That's it could be huge for this team. It could, you know, it could conceivably swing a series or swing a game in a series if uh, if he's up to the task. Right. Uh, before we move on the question two, let me tell you guys that sports are in the spotlight once again. As the NBA season is heating up, college basketball has the drive on to March Madness. And Wilder vs. Fury 2 is coming up this Saturday night, shaping up to be a great one. Uh, you can find all the odds and information with our exclusive sportsbook partner, Bet Online. For more than 20 years, Bet Online has been providing customers with the first two market odds and giving you the ability to bet anytime, anywhere. So head over to betonline.ag. Use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit and have a little fun with some betting action today. That is betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Uh, All right, should we look at some potential buyout candidates? That looks like number two on the list. Yes, number two is do the Celtics add a free agent on the buyout market? Uh, Just the parameters here, the deadline for guys to be waived uh, for them to be playoff eligible is March 1st. It is, you know, recording this on the, the 20th. So still oh, eight days to go. Uh, there has be, been... Be, be, real quick, if a guy is not currently in the league at all, there's no deadline. Is that correct? Correct, correct. So they can... The Celtics could conceivably sign someone from so G League jo- overseas. Exactly. Jonas, get that yeah. buyout. Uh, I mean, I don't know what the situation, you know... Then the Celtics have done this plenty. Like, I mean, the last couple of years, they've filled the 15th spot in, like, the very end of the regular season just to, you know, have the depth with, um, you know, obviously Greg Monroe and another guy that I'm forgetting. Um, but the Celtics have a 15-man roster, Mike, and a lot of guys that are either under contract for next year or, you know, they have the option to be for the Celtics. So you're not going to cut someone just to cut someone here at this point but uh there are some intriguing names that could float free in the next week um short of an obvious name like tristan thompson is there anyone you're keeping an eye on mike um that would would interest you if he gets cut loose yeah i mean i think tristan is the definitely the 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 white whale here and the one who a lot of different teams i think he could swing a playoff series he could I think it's a little bit of a stretch to say he could decide the championship but if he goes to the right situation and plays you know extremely uh to his potential uh in the in in the right role in the right fit in the right minutes then maybe he could um, you say so, he could you say he could swing a series if that series happens to be the finals that's it that, that is true yeah, yeah I think he could and I mean if he were on the Celtics that that would conceivably round out them like their biggest concern uh heading into the playoffs uh uh in what he's able to do um so there's Tristan I mean I don't really know what the status is with uh Mo Harkless in mm. New York but mm-hmm. he is someone who has played uh at a very I mean his role with the Clippers before they traded him to the Knicks like I thought that I mean, his name was in trade rumors the whole 
season really um, in terms of that contract and you take that salary and you can move it and you can add something to it and then get someone like Marcus Morris, which is what they ended up doing. And that is for sure a talent upgrade offensively. And you're not losing too much on the defensive end, but Harkless was the guy who would defend the primary. I mean, on a team with Kawhi and with Paul George, a lot of the time they would throw Harkless on the other team's number one option from the jump. And he did a pretty good job for that team. So I think he can still play. He's not over the hill at all. He's not an old guy. Um, And you can never have too many wings. And now, I mean, three-point shooting has been a concern long-running for him throughout his career. And I don't know exactly whose minutes he would take. But at least for the rest of the regular season, for sure, you could slide him in for a team that, you know, could be looking to either rest guys or, you know, the Celtics have had injury problems uh, throughout the season with some of their biggest names. So I, I... I would be really intrigued if he were to be bought out. I just don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah, he apparently is a he loves the like he's a New York guy, so he loves the Knicks. So it's not clear yet. Obviously, if it's gonna ask for it, but uh, maybe he gets to play this week and is like, "Well, that was great," and then realizes that well, I could play minutes on a playoff team and should get the hell out. Uh, it's only a three and a half hour drive to Boston. He can he can visit right, exactly. New York He'll plenty play. of times. Um, another name just to add to that from the the Knicks roster that I brought before uh, is is Wayne Ellington. Mm-hmm. Um, just strictly in a shooting specialist role. Um, you know, he's probably not, wouldn't even play consistently in the postseason, but against teams like the Bucks or teams that are just daring you to shoot, I think that's be a the Celtics don't have the knockdown bench shooter um, that you trust, and so. Whether or not you know he's playing better in recent weeks when he's gotten healthy here, and so him and Langston Galloway in Detroit, I don't know what his deal is. They obviously are doing buyouts, um, going young there. So either of those guys, if they get free, uh, they'll probably have a lot of competition for either of them. Um, but I would be, I would definitely pull the trigger on cutting someone for either one of those guys. So who would you, name. real quick, who would you be thinking about cutting? Yeah, it's a great. I wanted to bring that up too, if you guys. Um, if Rob Williams is healthy, I think I'm cutting Vincent. Um, if he's not healthy, then you're. Uh, I guess it. See, it's hard because you're not cutting Carson Edwards. I don't think because he's got three years on that deal and he's a rookie, and you're just not. That's just. I I think the Celtics still like him a lot and think he can. I think philosophically, that's not. Yeah, it's just not going to. They're just not how they're going to do it. It's not how they're going to operate. So you have the guys that have no money owed to them after this year that theoretically would be in play here is Javante Green um, and I guess Ojale. And I just can't see them. I think it must be. I think Green is either Green or Poirier. These are the only two realistic cut options I see because I think Ojale is too important for a Buck series, hypothetically. Um, even if you get an upgrade on his position. So, but green still is like, he's, he is flawed, but he still can do, th- he's still been useful this year. So it's, it's not, it's not, it's not a slam dunk, but I mean, maybe if you do bring in Ellington, you say, all right, we have no use for green anymore in terms of like, he's just not going to play. So we're gonna have to cut him. Well, that's why if, if, if you're worried about Williams's health, and you still would have Vincent as your number one choice. I like, and you, and you mentioned, uh, you mentioned in your article, B Rob, um, uh, Ian Mahinmi, 
from Washington. Sure. And uh, that's a guy, you know, I don't know. Is, he's, he seems pretty healthy, I think. He's played more than 30 he's games this well year. He's played well lately. He, he went deep in the in the playoffs a couple times with the with the Pacers um, and got some, you know, reasonable run. But he's a guy that I think if you don't get Tristan Thompson, he's a dude that you can bring in and have him play, you know, 10 minutes in and, and random spots. And he can, he, he, he can protect the rim. He can rebound. He, he can rough some guys up. He's got a lot of, yeah, especially against an Embiid, I wouldn't mind seeing him out there. So again, if you're worried about about Time Lord and you still want to cut Vincent, that's a dude. If he does get bought out, who I think could be a nice addition. Also, won a ring with the Mavericks. Yeah, the the, the one for, you're right. You're dead on with that rich. And as I'm like wrote that article, I'm looking at the standings right now. The Wizards are twenty and thirty three. Guess if, how many games they're out of the playoffs? Was it like two, three games? There are three games out of the playoffs. So the Wizards are probably like, f that. <laughs> like we're not gonna buy you out. We, we want to make the playoffs. Um, and now with Kyrie being out for probably the season, you know, the the next are only three games, um, you know, five games up at the seven seeds too. So, well, the doctor then, just said, did you see the report that said his, uh, his procedure should be ready to roll just after the Celtics cam in Boston? Oh, is that, is that, the... no, I'm, I'm just kidding. Who knows? But I told you, uh, that's one thing I made a lot of bad predictions this year, but I think it was in a uh, podcast with DB Rob. I predicted that, Kyrie would have a random injury that ends this season mm. and I don't blame him it makes no sense for him to play to to bust his ass for this Brooklyn team right now he should rest up for next year so him and KD can can hit the ground running and you were I think dead on about saying the Nets were you were very down in the Nets before the year started um, yeah and I said the Lakers would be the best team in the West so yeah, I so I've, one for two I've been yeah, pretty good that, that's what you said <laughs> um so yeah so what, what would you guys think in terms of the if you guys had to buy someone out I mean, uh, on the Celtics, assuming that you're getting a, a wing player, who would you who would you cut? Hmm, I'm not a huge Shemi fan, and but I, I do see what you're saying, B. Rob. And historically, he has been someone who Brad Stevens has trusted in spurts against Giannis. I don't know how effective he could be in a playoff series against him. He just hasn't really been able to put it together offensively. Um, but, uh, I mean, I guess Javante financially makes the most sense. And uh, I guess, I don't know. I, I Like, it would be nice if, if, it wouldn't be nice if they could wave Shemmy. I don't want to say that. But <laughs> I, I think, honestly, I, I just am more intrigued by Javante, his overall skill set than I am with Shemi, who I think has already reached his ceiling um, as a player. So uh, one of those two would probably be it. But I, I agree with what you said about Carson. And, you know, you don't really want to wave someone who has three guaranteed seasons on his deal. Um, right. Uh, and who is a rookie and who knows, could become an asset for you some point down the line. I don't see that happening with Shemi. Uh, and I don't really necessarily see it happening with Javante either. So it'd be it would be a what, uh, what about Vincent? Um, I mean, I'm just trying to picture like you know going to ownership and saying, you know, what the financial what the financial options are there because his contract. I mean, it's relatively inexpensive, but it is. 2.5 guaranteed this year, 2.6 guaranteed next year. So that's a little that's a little tricky. Um, but you swallow it. 
Sure. Right. Yeah. It's not my money. Right. <laughs> Come on, Wick. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I don't think he's going to be a contributor at any point this season or next season. So that wouldn't really, um, I mean, that would make sense. I, although, you know, who knows what happens with Cantor next season? You never know. Yeah. Um, I mean, then but, but, uh, and Robert Williams' health. But yeah, I mean, Shemi, Javante, I, I would say, like, if I had to, if I had a gun to my head, I would guess that they went with Javante. Mm-hmm. Rich? Yeah, I think it's Vincent. I don't know. Javante's got, geez, he's still. <laughs> Javante's got such a good story, too. It, it sucked to cut him. It would. In but I don't know. I think Javante just. Unless unless Vincent is showing something behind the scenes, you know, aside from intangibles, unless he's showing something on the court and making you know serious strides, he does. He certainly looks better than he did when his first couple of runs in the NBA. But um, Javante just still can bring you something. You know what I mean? He could, uh, you know, whether it's just a, a single game somewhere along the line, he can ignite something. Whether it's defense, whether it's just his his activity. I, you know, I don't I don't necessarily see even if if they have a lot of problems. With, uh, you know, if Cantor goes down, if Tice goes down, are they going to run out Vincent? No, I don't think that they are. They're going to run um, out Grant Williams, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And but I can I can foresee situations where they would go to Javante Green. We've already seen it, you know, on certain days. So that's why I think you know I know the money's the money, but I think Vincent's probably the one to go. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Got on that and um, number three. Yeah, so that's it. So number three. Wait, wait. Did Rich give his any of his buyout? Oh yeah. What's your who's who you got your hand, Rich? Ian Mahinmi. Yeah. Let's it's, say he's it's, off it's, the market. It's, he's not. That's, I'm guessing that's not going to. That that's a honestly, that I put him in there. If, if he's off the market and all these guys we've already discussed are off the market, there's no one I'm that excited about. You know, No one that I think is going to come in. And, and, and you talk about Tristan turning a series. I don't think there's anyone that's going to turn the Celtics playoff seeding. You know, uh, I think it'll be a, a filler that we forget this time next year was ever on the Celtics. You Would think? you take Markeith Morris, either of you guys? I don't think so. Um. Yeah, I mean, this team doesn't really have a someone who has that that body type. Um, I mean, I don't. You're not like gonna be throwing him out there to close, but I think that that would be a useful piece if it was you know Markeith or Javante Green. But I mean, as the Celtics always say, and as Danny Ainge always says, you know, the, whoever comes in as a buyout, it's very, very, very rare that they do anything that actually impacts your bottom line in terms of, you know, raising your ceiling um, or raising your floor. So uh, it'd be too confusing after having Mook on the team the last few years. <laughs> <laughs> too much voodoo from Wait, last I have, year. I have a quick Marcus Morris kind of related question. So he had his number retired by the University of Kansas over the weekend, I believe. Mm-hmm. So awkward, right? But so d- they didn't retire Markeith? Like, what was... No. Why? <laughs> I know, that's weird. I, I I didn't even think about it like that, but that's very weird. Because he went ahead of them. He was the better player, right? Like... Yeah, they drafted, he was. Weren't they drafted, like, 14th and 15th or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. But Markeith so got that the bigger end of that, that uh, the extension, right? Yeah. Like Markeith was the better player. Yeah, Markeith was the better player for the first six years of his career, and then it, like, flip-flopped. But who was the better year. player at Kansas? I mean, I haven't looked at those numbers, but they're, if they were drafted side by side, then like it has to be very close. Are they giving them each their own night? Is that I would assume that has to be it, maybe. Like, maybe they're doing him <laughs> next year. They want to spread it out. That's, that's the only thing that makes sense. There's no way. That's way too awkward if it's not that. 
I also don't think that Marcus would even accept the invitation if they weren't going to also sure. induct his brother or, or retire his brother's number. It's just a very bizarre Kansas basketball not having a great season. No. But I'll say that Mar- Markeith was in attendance and looked and it was all smiles. As the, yeah. the I saw one photo of the, I think the jersey going up in the rafters and they looked. I couldn't tell who was who, but they were both smiling. Did yeah. they, they were both in the photo, so there was no. Oh connection. no, they were together without question. Okay. And they both okay. looked very happy. Okay, right. that's good. so they're so they're that's coming next year. But good, good, good point, Mike. Um, one other. This is a so general NBA buyout uh, talk here. Reggie Jackson to the Clippers. My question for Docker is why? Why would you like? I feel like of a something that team doesn't need is is a guy who is a dog defender and thinks he's better than he is coming off the bench when you already have Lou Williams. Like. I feel like that's a recipe for disaster for them potentially. Could have helped the Lakers though, so it's nice to keep them away from them. I mean, it might just be that. I think that that would certainly be a factor. You want to keep him away from. I mean, he his that's exactly what a team like the Lakers needed. They needed another ball handler. I mean, I I'm a little more. I don't want to say I'm high on Reggie Jackson because I'm not, but I do think <laughs> that I do think that you know. Um, Viewing Reggie Jackson as $18 million a year on the Detroit Pistons as your starting point guard versus making the league minimum, coming off the bench, humbled, one would assume, with stakes, playing for a contract. It's a little different. Um, So I think the Clippers have had some injury issues uh, in their backcourt. So I think that this is a little bit of insurance for, you know, Pat Bev has been a little banged up recently. So that's probably what was also a factor in, in their decision to get him. But I mean, like, if you can get someone like Reggie Jackson and you're trying to win a championship, you might as as well. Like, because one of your competitors is going to if you don't. And good. I, I mean, this take dude, him. <laughs> Let him shoot him out of well, a yeah, series. But, I mean, it's also like we're if you're the Clippers, it's like we don't need to play you. Like, come on. I mean, yeah, they, I guess they it's have, kind of weird from his perspective to, to pick. I guess he wants the ring. Yeah, and he also wants, I would assume, the opportunity to do something in a playoff series that can up his stock. Uh, and he's also, I believe, represented by uh, the same agent who represents Paul George, who had some sort of a tiff in the past with the Los Angeles Lakers. So mm. that could be a factor here. Uh, but, I mean, if you're the Celtics, you are exhaling ever so slightly that he did not go to the Philadelphia 76ers, I think, because that's the exact type of player that they needed. Would you have taken him on the Celtics? You guys? Reggie? Mm. I mean, like, why, Reggie. why not? Like, it, why not? Because of fit. Because I don't want him taking, I don't want him taking shots from Tatum, Hayward and Brown. Yeah, but the Celtics are smart enough not to be like, oh, we have Reggie Jackson now. We're going to play him 25 minutes a night. You know what I mean? Like, I think having him on the roster as just a someone who has, you know, the talent level is still there because it just, I mean, it is. He's played in big games before. He's when healthy, he can do things on the floor that you don't get out of buyout candidates typically. Um, so, I mean, yeah, sure, take him. You know, what happens if Brad Wanamaker breaks his leg? You know, in the first round, you just you never know. So, having him on the roster, I would, I would, I would. But would you play him, him over Brad Wanamaker? Like, if they are both healthy. Maybe, maybe on a, on I would. Right. I, I mean, honestly, I would like. I would use the 
I would use certain matchups down the stretch in games where I was confident I was going to win anyway to kind of experiment and see what you had. Like, mm-hmm. who knows? It might be lightning in a bottle. You just, you never know. It's true. But I, yeah, I mean, it is Reggie Jackson and, like, expectations would for sure be tempered. Guys, real quick, I have an update for you. Marcus Morris was significantly better than Markeith at Kansas. Hmm. Uh-oh. Wow. Yeah. Marcus was a second-team uh, APL Americans last year. Markeith was not. He averaged, <laughs> he averaged more than five points more a game every season, or just about. Then why was Markeith drafted before Marcus? Are we sure that's the case, too? And, that, and it does sound he right. The, the one thing we know for sure is Markeith was better in Phoenix. Oh, yeah. That Mar- I know. Mar- but Mar- they Mar- were drafted was, side by side. Markeith was drafted. I want to say I'm doing this off the top of my head. When you guys can look it up. Markeith was right drafted uh, 14th by the Suns, and Marcus was drafted 15th by the Rockets is what I want to say. Am I right? Am I wrong? No. It's... I can't tell you exactly how you're wrong yet, but I know you're wrong. <laughs> so Markeith was drafted 13th by Phoenix, okay. and Marcus was drafted 14th by okay, the Rockets. Okay, so I was one slot yeah. up. Yeah, so Markeith was drafted first. I don't know. Maybe he had the, the better NBA game. Well, shout out to the Phoenix Suns. They always yeah. know what they're doing. Mike, you should write. You should. This is a story for you to like find it, the the retirement story. Talk to Marcus or Markeith. Figure out what's going on there. I'll I'll put it on the list. Put it on the list. <laughs> <laughs> the blow right, this thing question. wide open. What do we got? Um, all right, number three. How strong of a push do the Celtics make for the number two seed versus strategic rest, uh, i.e., you know, making sure everyone's 100% in the playoffs? Like, how how much, uh, if you're weighing, we'll do percentage, like 60-40, 50-50, like, how are you handling those two factors? Heading Let's into define the str- strategic. Because like, for me, like, Kemba... Is, Kemba. Is, this is like Kemba, I think, just based Kemba's on the number situation. one priority for me. His health, regardless of seed, obviously you don't you, you'd love to have home court advantage up until the point you meet Milwaukee. You know what I mean? You would love to Toronto. To, what's that? Mm-hmm. I mean for for me, yeah. For me No, I'm like, saying I'm saying through. So I mean you would love to have it. You'd oh, love gotcha. the two yeah, seed. Yeah, gotcha, you know gotcha. what I mean? Yeah, I got gotcha. Um you would love to to avoid you'd love to, to draw, like you said, be rubbing your article, the magic or the nets in the first round as opposed to maybe the Pacers. Um but if you're then going to be maybe getting to the second round of the conference finals and have Brad Wanamaker playing Kemba's minutes, you know, then it's not really worth it. So I think, and, and we don't know how bad Kemba's knee is. You know, maybe this is all part of the, the long-term plan and they're not that concerned. Maybe uh, this is kind of throwing them for a loop, but number one priority for me is, is Kemba's knee. Well, Nick Norris knows how bad it is. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, <laughs> no, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's really tough because I do think, honestly, the I feel like the second round is going to come down to home court um, between the Celtics and the Raptors. So I think that's just two really good teams that play at another level on their home floor. So I, it's honestly pretty close to 50-50 for me. Obviously, if I have to make one choice, I'm leaning slightly with rest, but I can't, like, they're gonna need Kemba playing. You know, I I don't. I wouldn't be in favor of you know resting Kemba. You know, on back to back nights or things like that, unless he really really needs it, because I think that's gonna just cost you, um, a chance at the two seed, which might just kind of come close to seal your fate, Mike. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I think that I I 
I think you should definitely value um you should value home court here because like if you want to win a championship obviously I, I agree with you what you're saying B Rob. I think home court, whoever has home court in that series in the second round is gonna win. Mm-hmm. So if I'm just like looking at, you know, the the back to backs that the Celtics have, there are some matchups where I feel like you could get away with kind of having your cake and eating it too. I mean, the second night of back-to-backs that the Celtics have this year, uh, or I guess after the break so far, you know, the first one is uh, they have Portland and then they're in Utah. That's going to be tough. I mean, you can, like, th- that's a kind of a scenario where you would punt it and just be like, pending what happens in Portland, which should be a win, um, or the other way around. Um, you go for the win in Portland, and then maybe you see what happens. Yeah, Portland, I mean, here. if Dame Lillard isn't playing, That's true. Lillard do you say, out. okay, do we even need Kemba here? Do we rest Kemba here? And then we play him against Utah. Like, how do we figure that out? But then, like, after that, you have the next back-to-back is um, Brooklyn at home and then Cleveland on the road. So I feel like that's a situation where you are able to rest uh Kemba and give him I mean there's I think they have three days off before that back-to-back so you play him against the Nets rest him against Cleveland that's like one game in five or six days or something like that so like there's there's just ways to do it and be smart about it but the fact of the matter is I think that the this home stretch really matters um for the Celtics and it matters for the Raptors and honestly I'm excited about that because when there are stakes in the regular season, the NBA is just more exciting, and that's awesome to see. And I, I like, I want to see playoff intensity before the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, that two seed is very valuable. To say nothing about the first round matchup, which sure. is right, like it's a walkthrough versus uh, going up against uh, potentially the Pacers, or even, you know, we'll see what happens with the Sixers. The Sixers could drop a seed on purpose for all like that. Mm-hmm. That would makes much more sense for them to be the six than the five. So, uh, yeah, I think that there's going to be a lot of uh, jockeying, jockeying for seeds down the stretch, and it's going to be really fascinating to see how it all shakes out. Yeah, the the rest factor in the first round will be an interesting subplot to this of the like, okay, you play Kemba more now, but to get the two seed but maybe he gets the longer rest between the first and the second round rather than the you know the seven game or six game slugfest in the three six matchup um again you don't this is all hypotheticals you still need him you know any if he's if he is hurt they're gonna sit him like they they will ultimately prioritize health over everything else which they should but uh it's just there's so many like mike said just just so many parts of so many advantages to the two seed right now that will make it harder to even consider like you know giving away games rich i feel like at all in the second half of the season yeah and there's also so much random stuff that happens too especially in this league every playoffs we see some crazy injury come in and, and alter everything so for all the all the strategy that you have like you know pascal siakam tears his achilles two days before the playoff starts you know what i mean like it's just, it's it's so it's so nuts so you want to put yourself in the best spot but you never know if the two seed you know, is there you, it, right? Dep- depending on how it goes with Philly, right? Maybe you bust your ass for the two seed and you end up with uh, with the Sixers in the first round. Um, but uh, we'll see. I, they, they have they have it all boiled down to a science, that's for sure. This, uh, you know, they're not going to Celtics aren't going willy nilly on this. They have a plan, uh, and we'll just see how it plays out. All right, number four, 
what's the best Celtics crunch time lineup? Which we have. I mean, I'll go to Mike here because I know Mike likes <laughs> the small ball five lineup, which I believe has only played 15 minutes total this year. Cool. Um, in six games. I'm probably going to run this shortly, Mike. Um, but I'm curious to get your thoughts in the meantime about how small that number is. It's kind of a bummer. It's a little discouraging, I think, because you would like to see it. Oh, you would have liked to see it play a lot more. And I, and I do wonder if, uh, you know, some of it was out of Brad Stevens' control just because of guys not being healthy. Like, those five players, how many games have they all played together from the start? Like, 15 or something like that? Something crazy? Yeah, probably like 15 or 20, I'd say. Yeah. Even, I guess. Um, so that's, I think that that might be a factor, and it could be a missed opportunity because, I mean, just where the league is going, you just, you playing your five best guys just makes a lot of sense. Having five guys who can do a lot of different things offensively, who really flatten out the defense. Um, I think that they would be powerful enough to coerce the opponent, most opponents, to also downsize or play differently at least. So, uh, you know, leveraging the uniqueness of Jason Tatum now on the defensive end and Marcus Smart on the defensive end and just all the versatility that they have together, it just would have been really nice to see those guys mesh. Now... I don't know if that's just going to be something they throw out on the floor or if they're going to have an opportunity to experiment here uh, down the stretch after the All-Star break. But you get into a really tricky question, um, like which one of these guys is on the bench if for whatever reason you you know, go with Tice at the five. Like, I don't think it's, it's not going to be Kemba. It's not going to be Tatum. It's probably not going to be Jalen and it's not going to be Gordon so you're going to close with Marcus Smart on the bench in most situations that's really a tough pill, pill to swallow um I mean I don't, I don't know what do you, how do you Kemba guys kind of kind of jab it I mean I'm I, it's just because you talk about where the NBA is going but it's, you also got to look at where like the Eastern Conference is right now right mm-hmm. so and you look at those you look at let's say the top three teams that aren't the Celtics and apologies to Miami but you know the Bucks with with Giannis and and Lopez, um, then you know Gasol, Ibaka, Siakam, some combination of those guys. Then obviously Embiid, and I don't know. Those are guys, especially with what we've seen from Tice. I kind of like the idea of Tice just being being the crunch time dude. Especially like you said, he's he's shown that he that he belongs there in some way. Um, I, I love I love the idea of, of the best five like we've talked about all year, but I just don't know. You know, if, if given the this so the, who sits. I mean, we'll see what happens with Kemba's knee, but I got, I got, like if Tatum, if Tatum is going, and we're talking, going to talk about this next. Like if Tatum is going to turn into uh, even more of a monster than than he is right now, which is, I think there's a little bit room for that once the playoffs start. I don't know. Maybe in some situations you put Marcus in over Kemba. Is that is that entirely nuts? Yeah, I mean, offense, defense. I think that could certainly happen. Uh, possession by possession. Um, sure. So like use use, use everything you got. Get 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 creative. I mean, I don't I don't think it's is I just don't think it's ever going to be as easy as saying we're not a better team right now with Marcus Smart on the floor in crunch time. It's it's really and I think you kind of nailed it, Rich, in the sense of like this question to me is pertaining to like the Eastern Conference and what teams could you realistically 
play this lineup against in the postseason. The Bucks are really interesting to me because Brooke Lopez, he's like, they're clearly going to post the up the crap out of him if you go small against him on the floor. But can you, the Celtics could theoretically be better on offense than what they're giving up on defense there if, if Hayward or Smart or someone can hold his own against Lopez, who, by the way, is only shooting like 30% from three this year, yeah. uh, which is, and also, seems like an outlier. But yeah. it, that's, that's like something to watch in terms of just that matchup overall. And if you take out his 14 for 15 against the Celtics in that one game. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> but I kind of feel like if they post Brooke Lopez, that's a win. Right. Like, that's a win for the Celtics. Right. So and that's that, where you get to, Pina, right? In terms of like, you can then. So the Bucks do what they do. Clearly, they've been beating everyone's ass with it this year. You go in with the best five, and now you now they're playing outside their game. Now they're now they're conforming to you. And granted, uh, Giannis is clearly the best player on the court, but you know you got to throw Middleton in there. But the, if you if you're drafting like the top seven players in that series, like you probably get the Celtics starting five. No, I, you know, and I think that they would probably. I mean, they could just put Giannis at the five. I mean, they could they could do a lot of different things if you downsized. Right. So and then maybe have Marvin Williams slot into the closing five for them or something like that. That's what in that situation, <laughs> right? I mean, it could be that could sure. be what the Celtics hope for. <clears throat> yeah, um, but I do think it is interesting. Just you know, if you look at the on-off numbers with Kemba defensively this season, like they're just a lot better when he's on the bench for obvious reasons. And on defense, yes, on defense. And like to your point, Rich. Yeah, if Tatum is clearly just has it going uh, in the fourth quarter down the stretch as he did uh, against the Clippers last Thursday night, like it's always good to have Kemba on the floor because even when he's not holding the ball, he need, he has his own gravity. He can run sure. off screens on the weak side and all that. But you don't. I mean, it is mitigated a little bit offensively from what he brings to the table. And it is wonderful to have someone who is like, I feel like he wouldn't make a big fuss if he was benched down the stretch of a playoff game. Like, who knows until we get to that type of situation. But, like, I could see him totally being fine as as long as they got the W with Marcus Smart on the floor for the last, you know, five, six, seven, eight possessions. Yeah, I agree. And B Rob, you talk about this all the time too, about like last year, like <clears throat> would Brad have even had the guts to to bench Kyrie when maybe he should have. But now again, you might be in a situation where, you know, you, you do feel comfortable going to your 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 captain, you know, well, he's not necessarily the captain, but your point guard and your leader and your starter in the all star game and saying, Hey man, there might be a situation down the stretch here where we're we're gonna have you on the bench for a little bit and and you think that he might be all right. Yeah. I think everything needs to be in play on that front this year. I do think a guy we haven't talked about that could, I could see just have some spot benching for games where smart has it going is Jalen Brown. Um, Ooh, we hate just, <laughs> just not cause anything Jalen, I mean, I guess I'll take that back. Him, Jalen defensively still, he's far better this year. He still has brain farts. He still doesn't pick up switches. We saw at the end of that Rockets game, like, smart kind of blow up on him for the first time this year when he messed up a switch so he's gotten a lot better at that he's he's clearly solidified his role in the closing five for majority of the season but when the money is on the table um in terms of who 
Brad Stevens is going to trust, he might be, you know, at the bottom of those starting five, assuming that Tice has to be on the floor. Um, even Kemba, I think, you know, he gives you less in terms of physically what he can do defensively, but he is definitely in the right spot more, um, or you can trust him to be in the right spot. Assuming he's healthy, I think that we might see Jalen explode out of the gate here. I think you know he's never he'll never let it on, and he knows maybe that, that Tatum deserved it, but I think he missed being there. I mean, it looked like on Instagram, it looks like he had a great break. He was in like Cuba and in the Bahamas, and but I I, I imagine he's gonna want to. Uh, it's again assuming he's healthy, assuming his body can let him do it. He's gonna be wanting to make a statement right out of the right out of the gate in in Minnesota, and then obviously when you come to the Lakers and Utah and Portland and all that. So you don't want to trade him, Rich? No, I still want to trade him. I think this just boosts his trade value. Okay, got it. <laughs> All right. Um, any other closing thoughts there? I think we... Nope. No, not let's not close right. with the closer. Number five, last but not least. And I would argue the most important question on this list in terms of the Celtics' success uh, in the postseason this year, can Jason Tatum sustain his all-star leap? Or I would even put it his all-NBA leap. Uh Woo-hoo. in the last month here um michael is this uh you wrote obviously a great piece on him that we talked about last week uh for sp nation but this is if, if he does that for the rest of the season is he a on an all nba guy and b what's what's the celtic ceiling yeah uh man he just like can we we haven't talked since thursday against the Clippers, which was just did we not, a, Yeah, I thought we did talk about it. You're right. We hadn't been talking about it. How time. crazy was that in the Garden, B-Rob? Was that the craziest it's been all year? It was nuts. It, it was, was I mean, it was a great atmosphere. It was just two teams that, it was a regular season game, but with, I mean, that's as close as a playoffs thing you're going to get because every, obviously both teams were going to get a week of rest after that. So everyone was full born. Paul George got hurt, which sucked um, in terms of just the talent level. The Celtics. But, exactly. It was <laughs> Celtics. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I mean, Tatum's performance, I mean, just how into it and what he was able to do on both sides of the floor, Mike, in that game was just uh, was something else. I mean, I haven't watched. I only watched it in real time from my hotel room in Chicago. But the thing that stood out to me beyond the fact that they ran every single offensive possession threw him down the stretch, which was just, I mean, that was the obvious play besides Kemba missing that buzzer beater, um, was his defense. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, I have not seen anybody defend Kawhi Leonard like that all year where you not only are you physical before the catch when he's trying to get free and you're denying and you're bumping him for space but you are contesting his shot and like he like he'll take that punishment and he'll usually like deliver it to whoever's guarding him he's got these broad shoulders he'll knock you off the spot and he'll just kind of get where he wants and elevate over you with his high release but Tatum has these long arms. I think he's stronger than a lot of people who go at him think. And, and he's only were, getting stronger. <laughs> he's only getting stronger. And like there were possessions where Kawhi was looking at the ref, which you really don't ever see, honestly. Like even when Ben Simmons is playing him like a football player, like he doesn't really complain to the referee because he's usually the one initiating the contact and getting away with it. Like Tatum's defense was just marvelous. Um, and he was I, doing like in minute 43, minute 44, like when he should be gasping for air, he was just locking down literally the uh, top two or three players in the world right now. Yeah. So I just, it's one game, but that was 
that was very meaningful in my eyes and it's kind of come it that, that the performance kind of came at the crest of you know i was one person who wrote an article there were a lot of people who wrote articles about tatum making this leap deservedly so he was the player of the week before that game happened in the eastern conference and the celtics had you know run off all these they were on a pretty big winning streak minus the loss in houston um so it was just a ridiculous performance um two ways he really kind of announced who he was uh on a national stage with basically the whole league watching and i guess like to answer the question you know if he were to sustain something like that and you know if he was able to reach and find that version of himself in the playoffs you know i could see you know i said earlier that the celtics would not win a series if toronto at home court but like if tatum is that in game seven in toronto like the celtics are going to be very difficult to beat yeah i mean he could be the best player in that series like hypothetically sure and i think part of his his story is going to be he's going to have to have a series and a season end where he is the best player and still loses you know i mean it's never that easy easy in the nba for the real greats like he still probably has like one more major uh i want to say hump but he's going to have to go through a little bit more heartbreak i think before he reaches his, his his height um but i think that i think it's very reasonable to think that what we saw against the Clippers we're going to see. I mean, maybe not to that extent, but I think that's the guy you're going to be able to count on. You won't be surprised when that guy shows up. And I'll say real quick in that in that game, Marcus Smart with 31 points. That was the quietest yeah, 31. Quietest, yeah, quietest, yeah. I was just looking at the, the, the box score again right now. I totally forgot that that it four steals uh, in 45 minutes, only three turnovers. And and, w- and when that becomes like – and he had a – well, I mean, there are a lot of good plus-minus numbers in that game. Uh, plus seven, but it, when he can do that and you don't even really blink, that means a lot. And then, and then with that, when Jalen's not in the game and Gordon Hayward has 13, 13 rebounds, not to mention 21 points, that was great to see as well in 47 minutes. Yeah, the official um, numbers on Tatum defending Kawhi in the fourth quarter in overtime in that game five points for Kawhi, two of nine shooting from the field um, over you know, those 22 minutes. And I went and looked at all the. and. Tatum was pretty much the primary defender for all those plays on Kawhi. So that just um, stuck out to me, you know, even you know, like in terms of what he did there. And the other really encouraging part of that game uh, with Tatum, you know, 39 points. Uh, at the last two minutes of overtime, Hayward brought them to the finish line with his scoring after a rough night. But Tatum made the pass. Like he, I think the big three that Hayward hit at the top of the key, Tatum drove, drew three guys, and then just threw it out to Hayward. And for I think that's again that that's kind of the the final piece of Tatum's offensive puzzle. He still isn't a great passer. Um, you know, while going to the rim, his assist rate is you know kind of meh for a wing. So if he can again just add that vision to their overall skill set, and you know, for a guy who in that 13 game stretch where the Celtics went 11 and two, he averaged 25 a game, 47 percent shooting. The efficiency is there. The different kind of shot making is there. If he can take advantage of teams really honing in on him now to you know spray the ball a little bit even more, then yeah, then this is a team I think that's good enough to beat the Bucks and roll the dice in the finals. Like I, if he can get to that level, you're here. Celtics are winning it all. Is that? I mean, winning it all. Like I, they're not going to be favored in any, in no matter who they face if they do make the finals. I feel like, um, but I wait, wait, wait. And, wait, wait. 
do you if the Celtics were to make the finals and the Lakers made the finals, you don't think the Celtics Celtics won't be favored. No way. No way. No huh. way. Yeah, I just think just given LeBron. It's LeBron I mean, it's it's all perception when it comes to it's, odds it's a public betting too, but it's just they wouldn't, you know, they would it would be it wouldn't be a heavily favored, but I, the Lakers are, I mean, it's think back to the 08 finals. Like, you know, I think no one was surprised the Celtics won that finals from a uh, a local perspective, but the Lakers were were favored going into that series. They were expected to win by most, um, and it obviously turned into a mismatch. But that's again for a team like the Celtics that are unproven here, um, at least on the on the final stage. And I think they would, you know, LeBron's always going to get that nod. I'm just saying, like Daniel Tice guarding Anthony Davis, like it's come on, <laughs> Robert Williams guarding Anthony Davis. That's <laughs> That's when Robert Williams. That's when Robert Williams is would come into play the most in a series like that. Do you guys remember that game two years ago when he guarded AD so well? Oh, he blocked him twice. Didn't yeah, he blocked yeah. him twice in like wasn't that one of his stuff. first games? Yeah, that was one of his first games his rookie year, or when he got meaningful minutes. Um, so here's a question for you guys: Has given that Clippers game and everything we just talked about with Jason Tatum, and I'm giving it away with my my lead in. Mm-hmm. Has the bet online that AG has 16? Is are Celtics still 16 to one to win the title as they've been since July? No, no, they've yeah, improved. I, I gave it away. 14 to one. Big mm. big big moves. Them and uh, the Celtics and the Rockets are both 14 to one to win the title. The Celtics Sharps are buying in. The Celtics Rockets finals. It's coming. It's coming, everybody. Get ready. You probably get some odds on that. The ratings would not be good for a Rockets finals. The, the amount of bitching about <laughs> their style of pay will be All right. through the roof. Even though Westbrook is. I mean, again, the Celtics have lost two games in the last month. One was to the Pelicans on, like, the tragic Kobe day. So that was obviously just, like, you know, I feel like you just don't pay attention to anything that happened that day. And then the other was, like, the Rockets, you know, kind of kicked their ass in the, the fourth quarter of that game with that new look lineup and i don't know if westbrook will keep playing like this mike but if he keeps not shooting threes then like everything's on the table for them now i feel like they also just signed jeff green so yeah it's you championship know. bound and your guy demari carroll dude they're I, I, yeah they're good i don't care what anybody says i'm rockets are good and it's awesome and i can't wait to see what happens over under on Boston Celtics wins fifty five and a half. Ooh, that's a good number. Let's go out on that. Over or under. What is their record right now? I think it's thirty eight and eighteen, I wanna say. Let me look at this. Uh thirty eight. Thirty eight and sixteen? Yeah. Okay. Fifty five? Fifty five and a half. Yeah. I'm going over. I'm going under. I'm going to go 55. That sounds about right to me. I, I, my, my gut said under too. I just think they might pull back the reins a little bit at the end, or that they might have to. But we'll see. I mean, we'll see where the Raptors are. That's probably <laughs> if they're 55 and a half too. Then maybe Mike's got it on over in terms of what they need to, what they'll be shooting for. But last time they won 56 was 2011 long time but it's going to be a it's going to be a battle there it's going to be a, a brutal stretch for them out of the all-star break here with i think eight more games coming against the west most of them being playoff teams before things 
settle down. But we'll be back with you guys next week as we rehash uh, this West Coast trip, uh, including a showdown with the Lakers out at the Stable Center. And uh, see if this group pulls the trigger on anything in terms of adding to the roster.